0: This
1: is the Mining Your Own Business Podcast, brought to you by Elder Research. Each episode, will bring in data and analytics gurus from around the world as they regale us with their data analytics stories and enlighten us with their secrets for how to turn data into actionable insights. Now, here's our host, Evan Wimpy, who will guide us as we dare to mine our own business hello and welcome to the mining your own business podcast i'm your host evan wimpy and i'm excited to introduce today jay Lanterman. jay is the senior manager operation analytics and insights for the americas region at ihg hotels and resorts he previously worked there on the competitive intelligence team where he analyzed and forecasted revenue performance across the global hotel industry Jay's background is in mathematics, where he holds a PhD from the University of Georgia. Jay, welcome to the show. How are you?
0: Thanks. I'm excited to be here, Evan. I'm stoked.
1: Okay, fantastic. Let's get right into it. I I gave a very brief introduction. Maybe you can tell a little bit about your background and then the current role that you have here at IHG.
0: Yeah. So I went to grad school for mathematics um, and everybody, you have the right impression. Uh, When you when someone tells you that, you think, oh, you're going to do like research and be at like a university forever. So that was the goal. (laughs) Um, And I quickly got into the more applied side of things and decided I wanted to go out in industry and, you know, model some real stuff. Uh, And so I ended up at IHG. no, no one in the hotel industry judged me for this, but a little skeptical, right? Like the, the job interview went well. I was excited to kind of like meet the team. Um, but the subject, I was like, hotels, are they, is there anything with meat on it there? Like hotels seem basic, but no, the hotel industry is wild. Um, there's so many factors going on, so many components to think about. So that's been a, a great like problem set for me since then. Um, and working on the competitive intelligence team, I think was the right way for me to kind of get my chops analytically uh, in the hotel industry, because there's obviously so many brands, you've got so many factors to consider, you know, global placement, you've got, uh, chain scale is one of the things, you know, kind of the brand level, uh, like luxury versus economy. So it's been a really good journey. And now in ops, uh, really working on kind of a focus on the guest experience, you know, like that's uh, a lot of where the operations team gets their foothold is making sure that hotels are really delivering what we consider the product, which is, you know, the clean room and the good service in the hotels.
1: Awesome, yeah. There, there's a lot there, and and I think you hit on it when it, when you hear Ph.D. in mathematics, it's your your typical career path that I think you plan out is not going to a hotel, definitely um, not. <laughs> so, yeah, you you mentioned that you know you're hopeful that there's some meat on the problem. There's some some place you can presumably use your mathematical chops there. Maybe you can just give us a little flavor of of the types of projects that you work on or the types of data that that you have there.
0: Definitely. So the One of the best projects that I worked on actually was during the pandemic, Uh, and we can talk about some of the, obviously, the effects of the pandemic in a minute too, but the project itself was really, how do we re-baseline? What are are we going to, how do we plan ahead anymore? Um, If you you kind of rewind your brain to what feels like a hundred years ago, but somehow was only two, um, (laughs) people were wondering when people were going to go outside again, uh, much less sleep in another bed, right? Uh, So- we had to worry quite a lot about, okay, we know what we're going to do maybe, but we don't know how to be ready to do it, when to be ready to do it. And there's a ton of planning and contingencies and scenarios that had to go into that. And so what we've actually managed to do was build a couple scenarios that were able to make sure we were ready at the end of 2020 and then coming into the beginning of 2021, when, especially in the U S that demand did pop back, what to expect. We, We kind of had some scenarios ready in the forecasting that said, it looks like we're in, I'm going to make this up scenario to be like it, things are happening. We need to be ready to do ABC and D by the end of this quarter, because it looks like that Q1, we're going to have this happen. And so we were actually pretty right on it with that. And I, I was really proud of that to be able to kind of in a very uncertain time manage to make sure we had enough contingencies there forecasting wise. Um, so that's kind of one way that you could think about operations is, uh, a lot of the financial reporting and analysis, you think about brand companies that way a lot, right? How do we make sure that we're offering the right amenities? How do we make sure that we have the right brand image? How do we make sure we're marketing the right customers? Operations is a a really interesting lens of, we're worried about what actually happens in not the hotels, but in that hotel. Uh, Are they keeping the rooms clean? Are, is this, you know, what are they doing right? Maybe that we can take back to other individual hotels and tell that this individual front desk manager This is what we've seen working and this is going to help your hotel a lot. So it takes a lot of that macro smooth messaging to a lot of the micro, very noisy and and super hard to model out on a low level messaging. So that's been a really good, uh, experience too. And, And like you said, it's been a ton of meat to work with, right? There's, there's so many more problems than I thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah. That's uh, that's exciting, yeah. Even even just a cursory thought about it, there's a lot that goes on at an individual hotel. I've never worked right. with hotels, but I've been a guest many times, and I, I can think of so much of the data that's collected for each guest experience there. And on on that data collection, you, you know, you're focused at the very micro level at the hotel and the guest experience level. A lot of your hotels, you can correct me here, maybe this isn't right, but I think a lot of your hotels are, are franchise-operated. Oh, yeah. So is that does that data all sit in a nice clean data lake somewhere for you to go? Uh, I take it from your laugh that it doesn't.
0: Um, so again, if anyone is watching this at IHG, uh, data architects, I love you. Um, thank you for all <laughs> you do. Um, but that doesn't eliminate that there are huge challenges. You're exactly right, the overwhelming majority of our estate and of, of actually the big three um, US or America's uh, hotel companies, Hilton, Mary at night, she, the overwhelming majority are franchised. And so there's the obvious implication there's someone else owns and runs this hotel, and they just have an agreement with us for the brand. And and so there's a lot of, a lot of symbiosis there, but we... There are challenges where you know a lot of times you get buy-in and we'll recommend you should use maybe this PMS system and we've got great connectors that'll help us feed data out of there. Occasionally you get maybe an older hotel or hotels convert brands, right? You'll have a hotel that used to be a Wyndham and now it's a Hilton, right? Um, They might have existing infrastructure and they may say, I don't want to invest X thousand dollars to do that. And so now you've got to be able to support to get any kind of data out of that hotel to know how many rooms they're selling, how many rooms they're listing, et cetera you've got to be able to support that property management system too. Um, and so there's there's a ton of, even before you get it into a data lake, there's a, a, a great amount of non-uniformity. Um, and then there's a ton of cleaning to get that on like the same granularity and the same basis. And then those come in maybe on different levels and you've got to merge three data sets. And I could go on. There's It's an enormously complex problem. Um, and it's, uh, I'm very fortunate that at least it's cleaned up some by the time it gets to us on the analytics teams, but it's it's certainly not perfect and requires a ton of kind of getting in the zone of how is this structured? This data set's on a day to day basis, and this data set's on an individual booking basis, and has this other information and all kinds of crazy nuances like that that uh, make it tough to keep clean.
1: Yeah. Well, that that's good. Nobody. I wouldn't want the listeners to get too jealous that you've got two. <laughs> no. I think I think you've got a. It's not it's not a unique to hotels problem for sure, but it, it's interesting to to think about the how many franchises there are and how many independent data generation tools there are. Uh, I'm curious. You did you? I appreciate the the shout out to the data architects. Can you, can you mention maybe sort of where, if there is like a dedicated data architecture, like data engineering team that tries to serve some of this data, or does that come from the same analytics team that, that you're on?
0: So, no, definitely not. It is, there is a dedicated kind of architecture team that handles a lot of the ETL and making sure that we get the, all those stages we just described, right? There's some degree of what we call a daily checkout in the hotels, that generates some kind of file that has to be aligned so that it can be ingested over here so that it can be put out based on a lot of conditions in this format to this data set all those steps are handled by a dedicated uh data architecture and governance team the follow-up though with analytics is a lot less central so we have a really good analytics community make sure that we all stay in touch but there's what i would call large pockets of embedded analytics so it's it's almost a hybrid approach um so for example the marketing organization has a large data team and so it's very central to all of marketing's functions but yet it's embedded in the marketing function and so a similar kind of thing for finance and then operations each in operations just because of the complexity of being in a hotel and having to operate in lots of different countries we have one per region so okay. there's, it, like I said, it's kind of in between. It's not certainly nothing close to all the way central, but it's not super fractured where like every team's got a data scientist or something.
1: Sure. Okay, got it. And do you, is there a lot of crossover? Do you I, you work in the operations in Americas? Is there a lot of crossover? Do you work with your counterparts in other, other regions or do you work often with, uh, presumably you're dealing with a lot of the same data and probably a lot of tangential questions, at least with marketing or finance?
0: Definitely, yeah. Like I said, we have a really good community that tries to keep everyone involved, and so uh, you could imagine maybe a team that's focused on a certain brand notices that one particular metric is just really skyrocketing. We're doing great here, and they know they're doing a good job, but they want to know what do we point this to? We're doing you know three or four different initiatives. Is there one that's doing this, or is this really just a compounding effect if we're doing four good things at once? Or conversely, you don't like to imagine it, but maybe something's falling off. What's going on? You know, the sky's falling, a metric's down, right? Um, and so they'll reach out to the appropriate region. Um, and then, like you mentioned, we're working with a ton of the same kind of data, even if we're seeing slightly different trends from the other geographic regions. And so we might reach out and say, we are seeing something bizarre. Um, are you guys seeing that too? Is this something that's maybe a global consumer trend? Is this something that's regional pockets? Uh, can we pinpoint this whenever you those are kind of the fun problems, right? When you've got a, something a little forensic, sure. you, you're not, a, you know, you've detected something, but you're not a hundred percent sure what it is yet. There's a ton of crossover with the other regions there to see, you know, are we alone in that? Uh, is there something we can point this to, et cetera? So uh, it's a, it ends up feeling like one very large team, even though it actually okay. is structured as a lot of kind of medium-sized teams.
1: Yeah. That's, that's great. am sure a, a ton of shared learnings available Definitely. there. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's super exciting. And I think it feels like with operations probably more so than with maybe some other business units where you really care about the micro and how oh, yeah. a single hotel is performing if when you find so you find some of that signal or something that's interesting or a new best practice or a new risk is it your team is it the analytics team that's trying to action that? Are you going to hotel operators, hotel managers, or is there a different function within operations that tries to sort of translate your work or put, put your work or insights into action?
0: Yeah. So we, there is a second layer, right? So there's a, a way I think of it is almost like a reverse pyramid, right? You've got at the very bottom, as far as granularity, individual, like working at a single hotel, maybe the GM of this hotel they've got some brand reps that come to them on different uh, components, right? They might have someone who's helping them and diagnosing, hey, are you uh, pricing appropriately? Do you have good revenue management strategy? You have somebody else who's coming in and saying, hey, we want to make sure that you're using the latest uh, clean policies or so on, right? Um, So they've got support managers that are kind of, they're very much in a literal sense, physically going into hotels every day, but they don't work at that hotel. So that's kind of the in-between level. And then one level above that is me, I'm in, I like to remind people I'm in my ivory tower. I don't know how hotels work. I just analyze them. Right. Um, and, and, uh, so I will go to them and say, Hey, we're noticing, you know, brand X has this weird phenomenon going on. And we notice that these 12 hotels seem to be leading the movement. They're really skewing the, the trend here on whatever we're measuring. Right. Um. These managers are responsible for interfacing with them. Can you guys go? Do you already have Insight? Maybe so. It's kind of bi-directional there. They'll let us know. Oh, we already knew that. This is something we didn't expect would affect the numbers, but it's got to be this. Or on the other hand, can you go investigate? Maybe that hotel's got something interesting going on. You know, I'm sure everybody's seen in the news. Um, hotels and restaurants, just hospitality in general, has got a crazy labor market right now. It's uh absolutely. It, it's been uh, a real challenge to get people recruited, and then when you get people recruited, it's kind of a cycle of, well, we're understaffed, but you just started, and now you have to take more and people burn out. So there's a, a kind of a revolving door at a, a number of different properties, right? So um, you, you sometimes get explanations like that, where it's is maybe this one management position actually not staffed. And maybe that's why this one feature of the hotel is falling off. So we get a ton of really deep insights that way, kind of with an iterative process. If we've done some analytics, we can identify there's an anomaly here, and it's led by these hotels. And then let's get like kind of the field insight of wow, we've really kind of put this in a, a magnifying glass and focused on the right point. We can figure out what's going on and scale that back up to solve a macro problem.
1: Yeah, that's that's great. I love I love the visualization there, the reverse pyramid and self-deprecation. You're in, you're in your ivory <laughs> tower, of course. Uh, and of course you're you're up there with your PhD in mathematics as well. Um, and so I I think you sort of just hit on it, but is there is there anything that that you try to focus on specifically when you've got to articulate something down to that intermediate or even that individual hotel level you've found something maybe it's something easy like hey here's here's an anomaly you know this metric is lower than we projected it to be or lower than it should be. Can you investigate but presumably there's some things in data and analytics that are that are challenging to convey without using extremely technical language so is there is there any rule of thumb or any any way that you sort of think about trying to convey that
0: the when i was in grad school one of the things that i did not enjoy uh, so much uh was trying to teach undergrads um i was an undergrad Again, no offense to undergrads, <laughs> uh, but especially, you know, you're a grad student and there's a, uh, some of the jokes about the grad students are true. You don't get the fun classes. And, and my wife thinks it's funny that I think there are any fun math classes, but you don't get to teach like, you know, <laughs> the stuff that you're interested in, that you're excited about, that you, you remember being a fun class. You're teaching like pre-calc and, and I'm sure everybody remembers taking pre-calc. No one wants to be there. You've got like one student who thinks this is cool and the other 49 think that you're an idiot, right? <laughs> so you, you've got to convince them though, right? You've got to get a relationship with them and figure out what makes them go. And that has translated really well for me so thinking about that like uh as an analyst you know you're interested in stuff and you know that your stakeholders are interested in the things that you're modeling but trying to kind of build up a relationship where they know they can trust you you know you've delivered some results and you've got that good relationship and then boiling down to truly like the essence of what they care about so if i go to some of these stakeholders at this point you know i've been an IHG almost a little over four years now and I've tried to build some individual relationships with a lot of the stakeholders so that when I tell them, hey, something's weird, they don't think I've modeled it wrong. You're, you know, calling me out. There's any ulterior motive. They think Jay's looked at something and something's weird. And it might end up being nothing, but they 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 already kind of are primed, I hope, that, you know, it's worth a cursory check. It's worth making sure. And I've just, like I said, boiled it down to as simple as something's going on with this score. It looks too low. Do you think it might be a B or C? That's the second piece that I've seen is really boiling it down to a hypothesis you might have and taking a little bit of ego out of that, you know, like be okay. If your hypothesis is wrong, I've encountered a few people. I think everybody has who get clung on to, I'm just sure it's this sometimes it's not. Um, and so helping them with a little bit of lead, that's what the analytics is for, right. Is to guide the business and, and help them focus rather than tackling everything all at once. Um, Give them a little bit of lead and just boil it down to this is what they care about. And they they know if you've got a good relationship with them that you've done the work on the back end. You've done the good analytics. You've built a good model. You've made a good predictor. And if this is off base and you think it's significant, the, the hope is that they'll trust you here and they'll be able to act on it for you.
1: Yeah. I, I think those are some great lessons. And I, I think that resonates with what we've heard from a lot of the guests on this show, relatively young show thus far. Uh yeah I think you're right expressing a little bit of humility that it's not I have the answer I'm I'm smart I'm super smart I can run this super smart computer and I've put out this answer so you just operate a hotel and you listen to these answers that's I think the bad perception that analytics teams get and I think it's probably easier when you've got the embedded analytics teams to help try to build those relationships and garner some of that trust. Not not that it's impossible, but it's probably a bigger challenge with the the more federated, centralized data science team that not able to build as as a relationships.
0: Right, that's been my experience too. I think that for really huge macro projects, and especially in an environment that might be uh, very project based, I, I've had I've seen a ton of results from those types of teams because they can be focused like laser focused on this is my skill set, and we've got a huge like great workflow structure where we can make sure that when it gets to my skill set phase, I can focus on my skill set. Some of the these broader problems, I mean, you've kind of heard me discuss it here. We might be worried about how many towels are there? Are our guests satisfied? Or are we charging the right rates? Or are our guests, is there a weird obstacle? We've had things before where there's obstacles to parking and guests will leave and cancel reservations. Like, how are you going to find that in analytics? That's a bizarre, crazy thing, right? So you've got to really have, wow. it's, a, it's like kind of this weird what I described with like the magnifying glass, right? It's like a, a zoom in, zoom out kind of approach of let's get really tactical and forensic and then let's zoom out and see, is there a bigger problem and then zoom back in over here. And I think that without having the relationships to, because we don't have experience running hotels. A lot of us analytics professionals don't have experience running whatever business we're supporting. And so having that intermediate layer of let me go talk to you, you you're in here and you know, what's going on in this building day to day. I see this, and I think maybe it's X, Y, or Z. Let's talk about what it is, and being able to take that back is has been hugely critical. And I don't think you can get that as well without that relationship building component.
1: Yeah, that's that's a, a great takeaway, and <laughs> express humility here, analytics professionals. Um, I, maybe this isn't relevant. I'm kind of hopeful that it is, but our previous guests, we've we've talked to folks in in fast food, in retail, and they it's pretty straightforward if they want a little bit of visceral, low-level, what are things like? They can visit a chain or they sure. can visit one of their stores. Do you you're, you oversee operations and analytics and operations across the Americas? Do you, ever, do you ever do some data collection trips where you just go stay at some properties to, to see how things look?
0: On my previous team, definitely. On the competitive intelligence team, you can imagine. I mean, to maybe abstract myself, if I was in fast food, right, I might want to go eat at another restaurant right Uh, and see what are they offering do i think it's good um so that was hugely valuable for us in the competitive intelligence team especially thinking about like brand positioning making sure that we there's always good marketing materials but until uh, in my opinion in a hotel until you get there you don't see how much each of those might be say weighted right they're saying we're really excited about our social space well you might be excited about it but if nobody's sitting in it then Maybe I don't really, maybe I'm not so worried about that competitively. Um, or on the other hand, maybe it was just a, a throwaway, but that's where you got the most pop and lobby in town, right? So um, that's been, that was hugely valuable there. In operations, it's often um, kind of experimental. So it's a little less frequent. It'll be something like, I'd like to get this data point. But recognizing, especially again, in this labor environment, we don't want to create a ton of work streams. We need to figure out what's a really sustainable way to get more of a data point. It might be something very tactical in operations like let me see how you're doing action a and let me see where are opportunities for us to as close to seamlessly as we can capture information about that um, without disrupting operations themselves and so a lot of times this ends up being like i said highly experimental and a little bit of a hope on a wind Um, You know, uh, it often ends up being that we proxy it with something else, but we learn that that's something else to proxy with by kind of knowing what their process is and saying, oh, these two things are very related. They happen almost always at the same time. So if if B falls off, we actually know A has fallen off probably. Right. So,
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah. You get so much more from the physical real world experience than you do from from bits on the computer screen. Uh, So I. I do. I do want to ask you quickly. You mentioned earlier about some of the COVID work that you had done, and I'm curious if you maybe can expand on it a little bit. You mentioned mapping out potential scenarios. So I I guess sort of a two-part question is: How do you? Is the is the breadth of potential scenarios just really wide there in, in mid 2020 when seemingly anything could happen? And then are are you still are we back into something more predictable something more normal now or do we still have scenarios what happens when there's a new variant or when people get scared to travel or when uh, new policies are put in place
0: so i think the more interesting way i can answer this is probably on the guest experience guest satisfaction side than the demand side actually that's a really if you think about it a hard thing to predict there's not just the demand level factor of what guests and are their guests to be satisfied and what are they worried about? There's additionally that micro level of, can this brand operate as well under those conditions? Even if I have a good baseline of how satisfied are guests with this brand or that hotel, this is a new set of conditions. How much can I rely on that baseline? Um, And so a lot of scenarios were based on uh, how is this hotel or segment performing versus those well-established benchmarks that we had pre-pandemic? How is that deviation perhaps moving? Um, and then the scenario piece comes in on how much can we trust that trend? And in particular, this is where a really interesting crossover is, is where does demand play in? So you could imagine maybe I'm going to make this up intentionally wrong, but maybe leisure guests are being served a lot better now than they were pre-pandemic. Um, And anybody who's done any guest satisfaction, in the hotel industry is laughing at this example already, Uh, but, (laughs) but, um, maybe they are, and maybe we expect that leisure, uh, like how many guests are leisure guests is going to drop off in the near future. Well, like to think about modeling that out, that's the obvious implication is, well, that might have a lesser positive impact on how our scores are going to look. But we, the, the demand is what's been really hard until recently to predict, which is, you know, When's business going to come back? When are the corporate budgets going to allow? It? When are corporate policies going to allow? It? When are meetings going to come back? A lot of that is starting to look a lot clearer, especially in the Americas, which is convenient for me. I have nice data and nice <laughs> outlooks to model with. Um, globally, a little less a little less clear, but still much clearer than a year ago. So in general, we are having pretty, what we're thinking is pretty concrete outlooks on both guest satisfaction and the demand outlook. Um, but during COVID in particular, you, you hit the nail on the head. It was, you know, when are people coming? Where will they go? How how long will they stay even? That was that we used to have really good benchmarks on. Sure. At this time of year in this market, people stay this much one night, this much three nights, et cetera. We had no idea. Truly going into it, it was, you know, open Pandora's box. What are all the things we think yeah. are feasible and just see what, what rolls out of the models, right?
1: Yeah, it's wild. Well, Jay, I hope I hope things don't get too predictable. I want to keep keep you on your toes. Give you plenty of fun analytic stuff to do. <laughs> um, you've been, I think, just over four years. You said you've been at IHG. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the the magic wand here. You've seen a little bit on the insights team. You're in operations now. You you get to pick. You and your team have. It's the it's the Jay Lanterman show, and you get to decide what your team gets to focus on. Things are. In relatively stable shape post pandemic, and you get to solve a fun problem or an interesting problem or a big impact, whatever you want your team to go on, and everybody's aligned from from hotel operators up to up to the executives at, at I H G. What's the what's the thing that you like to work on?
0: So Evan, I cheated and I watched the old episodes of this show, and I knew this question was coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I'm going to cheat twice, and I'm going to have two answers. One's the boring answer, but practical, and one's the fun answer. The boring but practical Perfect. answer is exactly what we discussed at the beginning of this, which is the franchise data, right? It It is, okay. there are lots of difficulties, and if I had a magic wand, and I could convince everyone, look how great it would be if we all used the same system that reported the same way, and we could get the cleanest clean data, and everyone operated it and set it up perfectly, that would be wonderful. It's obviously impossible. So that's the boring answer, because it's kind of clean data, right? Everybody's thinking yeah. it, it, it's a shame. Yeah, it, it,
1: it's a shame. That's the boring answer. But it really is it probably would the world the difference. honest answer for most folks.
0: Yeah. Um, the fun answer, though, is I think that uh, especially the last few years, um, even right before the pandemic, I was thinking, uh, there's room for cool machine learning problems for aggregate hotel modeling. And in particular, I think that what's missing is a really fancy clustering algorithm, I think. And so take my idea, people, I, I'm, I'm interested <laughs> audience, please take it away, come back to me with a cool product. Um, but I think that there's a lot of room to, instead of, you know, we think about that, we have what almost 5000 hotels in the Americas, right? Well, that a lot of times people think about 5000 data points, or they think way out, you know, let's just model one brand at a time. And now we've got like 15 data points neither one of those i think is right i think that the right move is can we build a nice machine that will know these hotels have depending on what metric you're looking at the same performance profile and let's pull those together and maybe there's i'm making this up 20 types of hotel and they perform a certain way that's really what and so now we can start building 20 models that we can aggregate up and say here's how the industry is going to move without it being as, you know, there's a ton of factors you, a lot of folks maybe don't think about until they get in the thick of it, right? Like what kind of market are they in? Are you an urban or a rural hotel? Are you on the side of the interstate? Are you at the beach? Uh, even all those might be the same brand. Right. And so that's, it's a really complicated problem, but I, I just feel it in my bones, man. There's, there's an answer to it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, that's certainly exciting, uh, to the listeners in the hotel space or with access to any hotel data. Uh, Get back to Jay, let him know uh, what those nice, robust, and repeatable clusters are for for the hotels there. Uh, Jay, that's all the time we have on the show. You've been fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on and talking to us today.
0: Yeah, I appreciate the invite. I've had a blast on here, Evan, and thanks a ton.
1: Okay, all right, everyone. Stay at IHG Hotels. If this was interesting content to you, make sure you like, subscribe, multiply, divide. Come back next time and... We will see you on the Mining Your Own Business podcast.